The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is July 29th already, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, president from VeteransCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you this morning? Good morning, Gary. We're just fine. It's pretty much San Diego weather here on the on the East Coast. It's pretty uh, amazing. It's raining up there hard. No, it's no. gorgeous. Oh, that's good. That's good. You had some storms Absolutely there the other lovely. day. Absolutely lovely. All right. We also have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs and former Commander for the Maryland DAV. How are you doing this morning, sir? Just great, uh, Gary, and uh, welcome to Dr. Billings. That's right. That's right. And just a quick reminder, be sure to opt in for updates on the American Heroes water locations by texting the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464. Funding from the water and cause apparel goes to the Military Order of the Purple Heart. The water will be at your local retailers soon. If you want to see something really cool, go to the website and check out the video of the production line, which is kind of cool. Just go to the uh, homepage and scroll down to the American Heroes Water button, hit that, and then, and then go to the YouTube. Linda, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? I would be honored to. We are very blessed today to have Dr. Bart Billings, Ph.D., with us on the show. And I think that we'll have very lively discussions as his experience and background is widely varied and very up-to-date um, with a huge depth of experience. He's a former military psychologist, he's licensed clinical psychologist, marriage and family therapist, and has been lecturing for years on many topics, but most especially on combat stress, stress and burnout, uh, violence in the workplace, uh, what is the differences that you see with TBI, TBI symptoms, the difference between PTS and PTSD? Um, he has founded and directed National Tri-Service Prisoner of War Conference, as well as the Human Assistance Rapid Response Team, or HART, and co-founded and directs the oldest annual military stress conference, which is the International Military and Civilian Combat Stress Conference. 
we are very fortunate because he's already been interviewed many, many times on ABC News Nightline and ABC World News about combat stress and has also given testimony uh, on the Hill for better mental health treatment programs for military personnel and their families. Uh, along the way, we will ask questions and be introduced to how he feels that things could change for the better in the treatment of our returning combat veterans and their families. We are very pleased to welcome Dr. Bart Billings to the American Heroes Network. Good morning, sir. Welcome, Good sir. morning. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, maybe that's where we should start is what's the difference between the PTS and PTSD? Uh, well, let's go back in my career to the 70s uh, when I was asked to go to various military hospitals. I was in the military then. And uh, to train our mental health workers on working with the individuals who at that time were identified as having Vietnam post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, one of the things I said back then, and, and I say today, and more and more people are becoming aware of it, is that 99% of any veteran that goes into combat comes back with post-traumatic stress. That's a normal reaction to being in an abnormal environment. Uh, combat is an abnormal environment, and it's normal to experience post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the difference between that? Well, when they come back to the civilian world, if they don't on their own adjust and adapt and meet their psychological needs in a healthy civilian manner uh, and have difficulties and the difficulties interfere with their life, whether it's their family life, uh, employment, etc. that post-traumatic stress now has a D on the end of it, and it becomes a disorder. So basically, when people come back from combat, a lot of the reactions they initially have, the nightmares, the hypervigilance, etc., is a normal reaction to being in combat. And over a period of time, some people on their own develop ways of dealing with these nightmares and figure it out and ways of dealing with the hypervigilance by doing the kinds of things that healthy human beings do in, in, in a society. The people who don't wind up having severe problems and uh, then it becomes a disorder. So that's how I see it being different. <clears throat> All right. All right. Now, also, um, you mentioned uh, treatment. Well, we didn't mention treatment. We should. Um, what's what's your treatment choice as far as PTS, PTSD, or T and TBI? Well, the treatment choice, the treatment of choice, goes way back to um, uh, right after World War One, nineteen twenty. The government passed the Smith Fees Act which was the National Vocational Rehabilitation Act. And that act was implemented to work with so many veterans that came out of World War I with physical and mental disabilities. Uh, the treatment that was developed out of that act was basically physical medicine and rehabilitation. Physical medicine and rehabilitation is a combination of treatments ranging all the way from hydrotherapy to 
orthotic prosthetics, uh, a good physical medicine and rehabilitation department in a teaching hospital or any place else has uh, a psychosocial vocational section, a speech section, orthotics, prosthetics, physical therapy, occupational therapy. These are all programs to help a person get back and, and, and vocational training, get back into the civilian community and overcome the disability that they have, whether it be psychological or whether it be physical. Now, over the years, what has happened, that act has been upgraded and reauthorized. And matter of fact, I worked on the reauthorization in 93 and wrote the position paper for that reauthorization. And as you can see, what has happened is the integrative wellness programs, integrative treatment, integrative medicine, whatever you want to call it, has grown out of physical medicine rehabilitation, and basically it's a continuation of PM&R. Uh, so, you know, that's the treatment of choice. Uh, we've been doing, I was a, a hospital commander during the first Persian Gulf, uh, an Army Reserve hospital that got deployed, and when people came back, we realized the the severe problems they experienced uh, when they went off to combat. First of all, they weren't prepared. They weren't ready to be deployed. And so we decided to put together a readiness protocol, which was a heart program. And we did it by starting a conference. And that conference over the years has grown to be the longest-running conference in the world on combat stress. And... It's considered the gold standard. Now, when I retired in 2002, the Army asked me to hang around and volunteer. They said, since you founded this conference, uh, we would like you to uh, continue it, and we don't have staff or funding to continue it on our own, which surprised the heck out of me uh, because of the uh, importance of this conference. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. That conference, we just did our 21st year. I'm going to answer your question the long way around by stating that over the 21 years, it was very observable because the people that came to the conference were, were people who did multiple deployments. There were mental health workers. It became observable that the treatment of choice was integrative wellness. So we're talking about a long history from 1920 through the past 21 years of the longest-running conference in the world on combat stress, the International Combat Stress Conference, everything points and reveals that the treatment of choice is integrative treatment. Now, Dr. Billings, based on that statement, are you saying, and I'm saying this for the uh, benefit of our listeners, that the use of CAM, the complementary and alternative therapies, as well as a holistic approach, to both the veteran and their family would be a help if it was done in a higher priority than it is now? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, dur during our conferences, you have anything from equestrian training to physical therapy to cardiology, talking about nutrition and health, uh, a wide variety. One of the things that we have not been focusing on over the past several years, maybe 10 years, is the use of psychiatric medication with our veterans because it's been revealed over and over again 
that these, number one, these medications do not work, and number two, the adverse reactions to antidepressants, antipsychotics, is disastrous. Uh, they, they have a black box warning, which is very difficult to get on a medication, but the black box warning was implemented, and the first warning is suicidality, second is poor reasoning and judgment, third mm-hmm. is anger, hostility, which can translate into homicides, depression, etc. So these medications are disastrous for our veterans. They cause, they, I feel very strongly uh, there's this very, very strong relationship to these medications, the increases in suicides. Uh, just about all the mass shooters, if not all of them, were on some type of psychiatric medications. Um, there's many, many dead in beds, uh, young soldiers who are on combination of psychiatric meds going to bed at night and never waking up. Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing this over and over and over, and it's frustrating because I've seen many, many, many hundreds of, of these types cases. And I'm actually right now doing some ex- expert witness on, a, on an Air Force veteran who uh, uh, came out after 20 years, went to the VA, and my testimony is that he, he was misdiagnosed he was diagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder, which he did not have, I feel, strongly. And he was medicated over a 15-year period. Eight of those years, couldn't even walk. He was in a wheelchair. He didn't get himself together back to normal until he went to a private detox program and detoxed. And now he's back to normal. But uh, these medications destroyed his life for 15, 16 years. Wow. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, we, we see people at Walter Reed or those in our community who are suffering exactly what you described. And it's too long to go into before the break, but perhaps after the break, you can talk about how you see conveying and communicating the need for change. Because unless there's a platform for change, you as one person are going to have a hard time. By putting it on this radio program, presumably we are reaching more people than we can do follow-up for this. So I would love to know how you would suggest we disseminate out the use of more integrative medicine to help our veterans. That's, that's right, and we can talk about that when we come back for break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Dr. Billings. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, Power Voice America, the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to the American Heroes Network. We're here with Dr. Billings. And, Linda, you had a question just before break. Yes, and to make it very short, um, I wondered if he could share with us the best way he believes that we can communicate the desire for a more holistic, integrative care program for our veterans. And it appears that the families that I serve with the veterans themselves are seeking CAM, the complementary and alternative therapies, but there has to be a way that we can start to change the culture at the VA, and perhaps you have some ideas. I do, uh, actually. Um, the last combat stress conference we did in, in May, uh, we, we discussed this issue and talked about some of the changes that have been taking place. Uh, in uh, 2010, uh, I worked with Congress uh, for two years prior to that, trying to get them to hold hearings to look at the relationship between psychiatric medication and suicide in the military. And they actually did. They held hearings. And those hearings, uh, I feel, went well in terms of presenting the case for integrative treatment. But being Congress, you know, they didn't assign anybody to implement that or make sure it happened. But the word got out, and more and more has been coming out. Uh, April 10, 2012, the uh, Army Medical Command Policy, which was spearheaded by Dr. Jonathan Woodson, he's a vascular surgeon, not a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. he suggested increasing the use of integrative treatment and dropping certain psychiatric medications to a lower level. So there has been some progress. It's been slow going, though. And more and more stories are coming out. I have pages of newspaper articles uh, 
you know, with titles like America's Medicated Army, vets taking psychiatric drugs die in their sleep, Marine Corps mm-hmm. time, psychiatric drugs killing U.S. military vets, on and on and on. It's not like this hasn't been disseminated to the public, but what you've got to realize on the other side is psychiatry and pharmaceuticals generate a third of a trillion dollars a year on these psychiatric medications. Stop and think about it. We are cutting our defense budget drastically to levels that we haven't seen for many, many years, World War II, World War I in some cases, but the amount of psychiatric medications being purchased by the Department of Defense has increased dramatically. From 2005 to 2011, there has been just about a 700% increase in the amount of psychiatric medications purchased by Department of Defense. So what does that tell you? It tells you that we're up against a organization or organizations that are generating a lot of money. It's not that different than the tobacco industry uh, back a couple decades ago that were generating uh, billions of dollars by putting out a substance that was dangerous and killing people, and that's pretty much where we're at the psychiatric meds. Now, how do you make a change? Well, you do what you've been doing. I, I, I mentioned to you when we were off air, I've probably been on about 20 radio and television programs in the past two, three months, and there's other people, too. Uh, I was given the uh, uh, Human Rights Award by Assist Commission on Human Rights back in February, and in that room in Los Angeles in the Bonaventure Hotel, there were a 1,000 people who felt the same way I felt from all over the world. So it is happening. Now, one of the things that has happened recently in the past year and a half, and it was ironic because I was back there at the time in my hometown, back in, I was back in Dunmore, Pennsylvania, which is right next to Scranton, there was a federal hearing going on where the VA was being sued by a Marine veteran. The VA... Uh, did not provide the quality of care that was necessary, medicated this person with psychiatric meds to the point where he uh, did something totally opposite to the honorable veteran that he was and all the, uh, the, the awards and, and medals he received in combat. The VA lost that case. This is precedent. This is precedent mm-hmm. setting. Uh, they, the case was lost. The veteran won the case. Uh, it was about $3.7 million win. And what was interesting, the federal government has not appealed the decision. They appealed a small part of it, but not, not the, the, the $3 million plus. So the precedent has been set. And kind of like what brought the tobacco industry to their needs was the litigation against them. And I think we're going to see more and more of this happening since this case has set legal precedent. So I hate you know, to it's say interesting. It, do you think part of this is the nature of how medicine is practiced in a very siloed way? So if you have cardiac symptoms, you go to the cardiologist. The orthopedic symptoms are orthoped. Um, the insomnia is treated 
often with the psychotropic drugs as well or the sleep aids. Chronic pain is also managed. Is part of this because you're dealing with such a huge medical system and different practitioners where there doesn't always seem to be the greatest record keeping in terms of uh, conflicting meds or adverse reactions? Um, is part of that part of the problem? I think part of that's the problem, but um, the majority of the problem is the amount of money that people are making pushing these medications. There was a psychiatrist in Florida. They finally, uh, I believe, arrested him. But over six years, he prescribed $42 million of psychiatric medications. That's, that's insane. Oh, wow. uh, but why, did it take six years, why did it take six years to stop him? Uh, no, I think a lot has to do with the amount of money that's being made. That's the bottom line. You take a look at every television show. Uh, you take a look at uh, legislative people, politicians, where their funding comes from, and you're going to see a lot of that funding is coming from pharmaceutical companies. You know, there, there are shows that you would expect on television, uh, people who are advocates, that you'd say, oh, man, they should take this up. They should talk about integrative treatment. Why don't they? Well, I don't think they're able to because if you watch their show, when they go to commercial, there's usually two or three medication commercials being integrated into their show. It's, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's all about the money. And, and what, what illustrates that more than anything else that I've seen so far was um, back March 17, 2011, the New York Times wrote an article, and this is an international newspaper by Garner Harris, new, effic new efficiencies taking toll on psychiatric talk therapy no longer pays. They interviewed a psychiatrist by the name of Donald Levine. He was from Pennsylvania. He stated in this international newspaper, quote, I had to train myself not to get interested in their problems, close quote. Quote, I want to retire with a lifestyle that my wife and I have been living for the past 40 years. Close quote. Basically, what he was saying, I know, I know integrative treatment, I know therapy is effective. He did say this in the article. Uh, I've done it when I was younger. But I am not about to see one patient in one hour when I can see four or five patients in one hour and make four to five times as much money. You know, it's a, it's a valid point. And in fact, I think we see, instead of the system changing, what I think is changing is that the veterans and their families are far better informed about the options. And meds often have very ill side effects for people that affect their lifestyle and their quality of life. So we are seeing more veterans seeking help with the integrative, holistic, CAM approaches and they're delighted. Everything from chronic pain um, and all of the various complementary and alternative medicine um, modalities are being used. So is this perhaps a movement that the veterans can make to make a bigger difference than expecting the VA to change? Yeah, the veterans basically have to be informed. They're not, mm -hmm. uh, but they are getting more and more informed now. Litigation like this is a big way to inform them. Matter of fact, uh, when I received that award, I had a, uh, a mother there. I met a mother there whose son did multiple deployments and was on multiple psychiatric medications when he came back. Mm -hmm. He was in his early 20s. He went to bed and he died. And mm -hmm. she was looking for a, a way 
to go after the, the people who killed her son because the coroner's office, when they did the autopsy, basically said he died from an adverse reaction to psychiatric meds. She didn't know about the case in Pennsylvania. I told her. Now she knows. There are more and more people realizing we don't have to stand still for this. This mm-hmm. isn't effective. I, I've seen thousands of people in my career. I've been in the mental health field for 47 years. I can't count on one hand the number of people who I saw who came to me and said, these medications are a godsend. They saved my life. Just the opposite. Thousands of people have come to me saying, I felt like a zombie. I felt like I was spaced mm-hmm. out. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's getting more and more. They did a, a study here I remember reading about a years ago. Why don't our combat vets go and tell people, that they're experiencing the, these, these problems from combat. And the number one reason uh, people thought it was, well, they won't get promoted, they'll be criticized by their peers, that wasn't it. The number one reason is they didn't want to be medicated. Mm-hmm. And they don't know, and this is incredible, but people do not know. If you're in the military and you are ordered, and Bill, you can speak to this, if you're ordered... To go see a psychiatrist, you have to follow that order. That's, that's an order. You have to do it. But if that psychiatrist wants to give you psychiatric meds, you do not have to take them. You are, we are a free country. We're not the subject of the queen like in Great Britain. We are free to, to control our own body the way we want to. We don't have to ingest those drugs the psychiatrists give us. We can say to the psychiatrist, no, I would prefer integrative treatment. I do not want those medications. And there's nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. They can they can intimidate. They can pretend, but they can't. I agree. Very, very interesting. But we're going to go on a quick break. You can now learn more about our loyalty brands by going to the American Heroes Water dot com. Check that out. You'll also see the T-shirts there. And remember that as of our launch of our fundraising products, they will be continued. Actually, continuing to support our veterans year in and year out, not just for a couple months. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Dr. Bart Billings. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. 
You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. Voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we're here with our guest, Dr. Billings. And um, Bill, you had something to talk about the Stress Foundation also. Yeah, well, a comment, uh, uh, Gary. The, uh, the, you know, I've said on numerous occasions, the greatest void in the veterans community, in my opinion, is a lack of information. And we, we, we've got to make our men and women uh, aware of what's going on in all phases, but in particular the subject we're talking about now with stress. I mentioned that I serve as a board member on the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation, where the foundation is con- committed primarily to training first responders uh, to critical incidents such as tsunamis, uh, plane crashes, uh, floods, you name it. We've begun to see and accept the fact that our, our people who serve in the military are first responders to war. And, and and that is a stressful situation of which they have negative effects about that. And uh, I'm just wondering, Dr. Billings, do, do you agree that we need more and more awareness and information about this uh, so uh, we can address it properly? Uh, yes. Uh, we had in our, our combat stress conference over the years, matter of fact, multiple years, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it sounds like you are, Dr. Jeff Mitchell, who yes, founded the Critical Incident Stress uh, Management Program, CISM. He's the godfather of the International uh, Critical Incident Stress Foundation, and he's still active in uh, what we're doing with the foundation. Yeah, uh, Jeff is a good friend of mine. Oh, and great. We, I'll pass that on. <laughs> yeah, we became very good friends, and uh, the, the CISM program 
was very, very effective. Matter of fact, uh, my reserve uh, hospital unit got called out to the earthquake in Los Angeles. And when we responded with all these highly qualified, degreed people, the, the Red Cross would not allow my people who were not SISM trained, did not have a certificate and trained as critical incident stress management. They, they wouldn't allow them to work with the people. That's how important they felt SISM is. Yes. And many of my troops, uh, people that came to the combat stress conference, were trained in the SISM techniques. Uh, what happened, though, in the late 90s, it's a shame what happened to SISM because uh, for political reasons, the chief psychiatrists from the Army and the Navy decided they wanted to implement their own programs, and they were implementing medication at the time. And so basically uh, they did steal some parts of SISM, uh, but they could not eradicate it. They ordered that SISM not be used, but the people in the field uh, basically said, yeah, we're not going to listen to them. SISM's very effective. So I know SISM very well. I know the history of it, and it's, it's an outstanding program, and, and basically it should be recognized as being as valuable it was since the uh, early 80s when it was developed. So, yes, I agree 100%. Uh, critical and stress management, debriefings, uh, people being trained in how to do that is very, very important for the military as well as any civilian organization. Well, I'll just make a plug that uh, uh, every two years in the next uh, World Congress here, you're probably familiar with, yeah. will be held in uh, 2015 in Baltimore, and we're going to be uh, uh, stressing more so in the area of combat stress uh, with the military because we're getting more and more of that, and even in uh uh, organizations such as fire departments and, 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 and police departments, because mm-hmm. a lot of these folks are in the reserves and National Guard and have, have, have served on active duty, and they come back with these uh, uh, stress uh, uh, conditions, uh, which now it affects their employment, and that gets into some of the other areas with the family, because, you know, Folks who serve in the National Guard and Reserves have been living uh, 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 good lives uh, and progressive in terms of raising a family, sending their kids to school, owning a home, only to have that interrupted by military service and what their experience is to come back into the civilian community, back to home and community, and their lives and their families become very much fractured. Well, that's how we started the International Combat Stress Conference because my people came back from deployment during the first Persian Gulf War, and many of them came back to uh, fractured families, uh, uh, came back to losing their jobs, losing their their companies, losing their practices. It, it was disastrous because there was no readiness protocol to determine somebody's readiness for deployment. And that's, that's how the heart came about. That the Human Assistance Rapid Response Team was a 20-minute interview that every uh, military unit should, should take, and it identified their readiness for deployment as well as their family's readiness for deployment, making sure everything was in order all the way from financial to religious to legal uh, to physical 
not only for them, but for their family. So when they came back, when they went off the deployment, they didn't have to worry about anything because they were heart interviewed and heart took care of the gaps even before they were deployed to ensure that things would run smoothly while they were gone and continue to run smoothly when they returned. That heart program was accepted. I went to the Pentagon in 1997, presented it to 12 two-star generals in the Secretary of Defense's office. They said it was wonderful. They want to implement it military-wide. That program sat on a shelf. It never got implemented because they never signed anybody to do it. And that's still Mm -hmm. sitting on a shelf. And it was a valuable program. We did a pilot project. And, again, I think... The reason it sat on the shelf is because the people who run mental health in the military were psychiatry. The heart program had nothing to do with medications. Hmm. It's unreal. <clears throat> Dr. Billings, you were mentioning at the beginning of the show that this, this was on the book since 1920, PTSD, correct? Yeah, 1920, uh, they called it, uh, you know, the combat stress has been called various things. It was called shell shock uh, okay. after World War One, And like I said, Congress saw all these veterans that needed help, and they implemented the National Vocational Rehabilitation Act in 1920, and it still exists today. Every single state in the United States has a Department of Vocational Rehabilitation that mission, their mission is to work with people who have physical, mental, or emotional disabilities, and that includes our vets, and a lot of people aren't aware of it. This, these agencies are funded 80% by the federal government, and they were effective through the years because what they did is the people with disabilities, not only veterans, but people in general, uh, paid back eight to one in terms of taxes over their lifetime. So this program not only paid for itself, but paid for itself eight times over. So every state, every veteran should know that if you're not happy with what the VA is doing, there is a Department of Rehabilitation office in every city in the United States or major cities in the United States. And these people provide the Department of Rehabilitation and some places they call them Bureau of vocational rehab, but they're, they're depart- they're, uh, as a result of this act, they provide evaluation. You go in, you can get a medical evaluation. They provide counseling. They provide money for training. Uh, they provide tools if you finish your training and need a job. And they also have placement people who will help you find a job. These agencies exist in every state and most cities. Morning. And you just hit on exactly what Bill always talks about is that there's often a lack of information about knowing what is available there. Bill, would you like to add to that? Well, uh, Linda, it's so incredible. Uh, You know, the the, the, uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and all it has to offer, it's very vast. If you don't understand how to navigate that system, uh, who Mm -hmm. to talk to, uh, where to go, whether it's benefits or if it's for health care. We've got individuals who have served and in some cases uh, uh, retired from the military who are not aware that to receive health care in uh, the, the uh, Veterans Affairs system that you have to be enrolled in the system. 
And we've mm-hmm. got something like 21.7 million veterans in the country now, and only about 8.2% of that number are enrolled in the health care system. So when they come to the doors of these veterans' hospitals to get assistance, and the first question, are you enrolled in the system? And, and the response from the veteran is, what, what are you talking about? I, I've told <laughs> that if I've got a problem, here's where I can come to be seen. But, yes, you have to be enrolled. I mean, just basic and fundamental kinds of information like that. We've got individuals who have served the country, uh, and, and, and our women veterans in particular don't realize that they are a veteran. You know, how do I become a veteran? Well, the quickest way is there, there's several ways. But my question to you, do you have a DD-214? If you have that, then we can begin to let you know that uh, you are eligible, but you have to meet these, these, these criteria. And that, right. frustrates, that frustrates Dr. Billings, and it adds to that stress that they have when they need help in these kinds of things as a matter of pr- 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 procedure or protocol that they can't get it. It really adds to the stress level that they are facing. Well, I can testify to that because uh, a few years back, my wife has been pestering me. She said, you can't hear me. And, you know, that's not always a bad thing, but uh, (laughs) I've been married 46 years. Selective Uh, hearing. And she finally said, you you, you got that that hearing loss from the military. Go get yourself some hearing aids. And I said, well, okay. So I finally broke down. Uh, like Bill Cosby said, that's the man's weapon as you get older. When you stay, when your wife goes, uh, take the garbage out and you sit there and you don't move. And, and she said, can't you hear me? No, I can't hear you. Uh, but hearing aids take that away. So I, I went and I inquired at the VA. I said, okay, I want to get some hearing aids. I have a hearing loss from the military. Uh, you know, it's documented. And they said exactly what you said. Well, are you enrolled now? They told me it would take over a year to be able to even get to the point where I'd get the hearing aids from the VA. And my wife said, there's no way. I'm waiting a year. So I went to Costco. I got hearing aids the next day. All right. Uh, And I'd rather pay for it myself, and I do have some private insurance that pay part of it. But I understand what you're saying. They told me I had to wait a year to get something that would be beneficial tomorrow. Unbelievable. I had to wait two two weeks, actually. <laughs> but right now, we're going to take a quick break. If you missed any of our shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7. Just go to the American Heroes Network. And by the way, you can, we are mobile-friendly, so you can hear all our shows right on your phone. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Dr. Bart Billings. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on a variety channel. And we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Billings. And, sir, back in 2002, you were asked uh, by an occupational um, uh, physician to do an article for the, uh, the Navy Marine Journal. Uh, medicine, medicine Journal. Medicine Journal, that's correct. It's about the vibroacoustic syndrome. What's yeah. that article about? Well... You know, we're going to go back to what I said before about World War One. Remember I said they call combat stress back then shell shock? Uh-huh. Well, they had it correct because World War I uh, had uh, a battlefield environment that was mostly high-intensity, low-frequency vibration. That was an artillery war. And this vibration, high-intensity, low-frequency vibration, actually causes total cellular damage throughout your body. And a occupational medicine physician in Portugal, Dr. Branco, discovered this, this uh, syndrome, disease, uh, in the aircraft industry in Portugal, where Europe sends a lot of its uh, engines to be repaired. He, he, he saw people with similar symptoms uh, from uh, vascular lesions to... Uh, cardiac, various cardiac, pericardium thickening, uh, to anger, hostility, uh, fight or flight kinds of symptoms. And he, he did some research 
and he came up with vibroacoustic disease. Well, in 2002, I was talking with the Navy occupational physician, and, and I was familiar with vibroacoustic disease, and he, said, he asked me why uh, are some of our experienced sailors walking in front of intakes, walking off the decks of aircraft carriers, and we talked about it, and I said, well, I can give you, I feel I can give you an answer. And I wrote the article for the Navy Medical Journal at that time called The Sound You Feel Can Be Hazardous to Your Health. And it was in the uh, January-February 2002 edition of uh, Navy Medicine. Now, what that means, on the battlefield, there are times when people are found dead uh, who don't have a mark on them. But when they do an autopsy, they look and they see that their internal organs are just torn up. Uh, they're mush. And that is from the blast wave, the high-intensity, low-frequency vibration that goes through that person and just vibrates the internal organs where they just rip. And that, that is uh, the gist of high-intensity, low-frequency vibration. Now, when you're experiencing this, not to the point where it's killing you, but to the point where it's causing cellular damage. And everybody experiences that times in their life, whether you go to a rock concert or a drag racing show, you feel the sound. And when you feel the sound, your, your, your tissue is getting torn up inside throughout your whole body. So when you say vibroacoustic disease, vibroacoustic syndrome, a lot of people think it's your hearing. It's your total body problem. And after I wrote that article in uh, 2002, within two weeks I received a call from DARPA. And you know who DARPA is, Defense, mm-hmm. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. They're the ones that invented the Internet. They, they do all this top security secret stuff. And they asked me if I had a countermeasure to uh, high-intensity, low-frequency vibration. And I asked them why, and they said, well, it, it's been weaponized. And I realized that. I knew it was weaponized during the Second World War by the Nazis, but the Russians had that weapon, and I was told that by DARPA, and they asked if mm. there was a countermeasure. So this is a very dangerous uh, problem. It's experienced by everyone on the battlefield. If you're behind a 50-caliber machine gun, you're firing it, the vibration, you feel it through your body, the explosions... So when people come back, they should be interviewed to determine if they have vibroacoustic disease. And that, again, you know, you're talking about traumatic brain injury. If somebody has traumatic brain injury from a blast, high-intensity, low-frequency vibration, you need to look at the rest of their body as well. So that's, you know, that's what, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get people to be aware of. And when you uh, do an evaluation, medical evaluation, you need to evaluate for that as well, and it's a shame because most physicians don't know what fibroacoustic disease or fibroacoustic syndrome is. Boy, you know, we, it's already it's already coming clo- to the close here, and we only have a couple minutes left. And uh, Dr. Billings, we want to thank you for being on our show today. Okay. What would you like to tell our listeners in closing? What would you like to leave? I like to leave the listeners with the uh, the message that I said before. I haven't really seen in my 47 years uh, more than a handful of people who told me that they benefited from psychiatric medications. If you have any problems in life, 
that, you know, are, are emotional uh, or related to combat stress, seek out an integrative treatment program uh, where you can get a combination of treatments such as, like I said, nutrition, exercise, group therapy, uh, counseling, and, and stay away from any psychiatric medication. Wow. This is some very interesting information, sir. And Linda? I absolutely agree, and I think that listeners will now take a, a more proactive approach in asking for an integrated approach, a more holistic view of the physical and the emotional needs um, after combat, and that goes also for family members who may have secondary symptoms as well. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise and indeed outlining some things I'm sure no one had ever heard of before today. Thank you, sir. Definitely. And Bill? Well, thank you, Dr. Billings, for being with us today, and I hope at some time that we can have you back again and most of all integrate in about healthful eating and maybe some of the great things that uh, you had in your restaurant while you were doing that at that time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so t- today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Dr. Bart Billings, signing off and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And everyone have a terrific week. Say goodbye. 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 (laughs) Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone.